0: Hallelujah! Open your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. At the Lord's direction this morning, we're going to shift away from what we've been on. Of course, you could, uh, you could just stay on that subject of the mind for, forever and never exhaust it. And uh, I trust that you were ministered to and blessed and further equipped. And, but the Lord had uh, dealt with me yesterday. I... Spent some time just fellowshipping with him, talking to him. He began to talk to me uh, about what to minister this morning. And uh, so I'm going to minister to the sick today. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to really just be an instrument in the hand of the Lord. That's all I am. I provide him a vessel through which his power can flow. And uh, we want to put the word into you a little bit. Praise God uh, about this. So, Father, we thank you today. For the covenant, for the redemption, for the inheritance that belongs to the saints. And Father, I am so grateful that all those years ago now that you had help, you helped me to come to see, you, you brought me into the knowledge of the Bible reality, that healing is part of salvation. that, that in, at the same time and in the same event that Jesus, as He was uh, redeeming us in our spirits from sin, He was also redeeming our bodies from sickness and disease. I'm so glad I found out, Father God, that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, that, God, that I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness, disease, poverty, tragedies, accidents, death, and that I and that we, everyone that's in the family, we have a right, whether they know it or not, Father, we have a right. We have a covenant right, a blood-bought right to be blessed, spirit, soul, and body, And so, Father, I I know today because of the way you led me, no doubt there's somebody here that needs healing for their body. Well, I thank you that today is their day. I thank you that this morning is their morning. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. And I believe that in the anointing that you put on my life for healing. And I just so thank you for revelation, for the knowledge of your word, to enlighten us, to to inspire faith, Faith in our hearts as we get ready to receive of the anointing that heals. And I thank you for this, Father. I thank you that all that is done, that the people receive what they need. And that, Father God, that you are glorified. You're glorified. We thank you, Father. You get glory when we're healed. You don't get glory when we're sick. You get glory when we're healed. And I thank you in advance for the healing of your people. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Well, I, could, uh, I have here on the podium my, um, a binder that I keep uh, all of the, the times that God has spoken to me through my spiritual parents' uh, prophecies or things that God has spoken to me in my private prayer time. And, and uh, they really do begin over time to become a sort of a blueprint for your life. And uh, when I read these for me, they become a reminder of the job description, the responsibilities I have. Uh, in my calling and in my ministry office, uh, and uh, when I read it, I don't, I don't, I don't get this. Woo! Look at all these prophecies. What I see is a whole lot of work and a whole lot of responsibility, and and almost in my mind could you know I sometimes feel overwhelmed at all the different things I'm supposed to be becoming skillful in and fruitful yeah. in and paying attention to and growing in. And I just have to trust Him, and yeah. just have to trust Him, and uh, and yeah, I'll do my part to pay attention. Uh, I don't know where it actually began. Uh, I, I believe God has been honoring a little boy's observations that I have had since I watched my grandfather on my mom's side and on my dad's side suffer with, uh, what, with cancers that ended their lives. And um, I've always hated disease because of that. You should hate disease. Disease is not your friend. Sickness is an enemy. Sickness is incipient death. What does that mean? Sickness is death on the way. In other words, if you don't stop it, if your body doesn't put it down, or if God doesn't, His power doesn't flow, it doesn't heal it, it'll result in death. it result in death every time. And we were not, God didn't create us to die. Uh, doctors today, they, they can't figure out why the body ages. You know, your liver's brand new every few years. You don't have the same liver in you that you had when you were five. Because your cells renew and regenerate. God created even these physical beings for eternity, but it is sin and disobedience to God and the curse that's in the world that makes these bodies subject to sin and death. Amen. Now, if, you, if you're wanting, if you're interested in, in gaining a broad understanding of what the Bible teaches about healing being for us today, you need to get into the archives, go into the Bible school, uh, the bookstore, and request uh, The Truth About Healing, Volume 1 and Volume 2. You get them on MP3, Week print you CDs, and I teach you for, I don't know, 12, 15 hours uh, from the Bible about healing belongs to you. That's, that's not my aim today. But anyway, I'll, I'll begin. I don't really remember in full when God began to deal with me about a special healing ministry that God would call me to, that I would be responsible for. I know that when Dr. Dufresne uh, was here, the last time he was here, we we were dedicating this building in October of 2012, and he ministered by the Spirit uh, to three ministers, uh, to Ken Cowan, Dr. Michael Jacobs, and myself, and he said, from these hands, from these three hands, these ministers, shall come great works of power. Great works of power. And I'm not, going to, I'm not saying any of these things to point at me. I have a reason in telling you what I'm telling you. And I don't want to take all your time in mind telling you why I'm telling you what I'm telling you. <laughs> but as I progress, I have these in here by year. Periodically, God would begin to really deal with me about things. Some of the more recent, some of you are here to remember this, but in the Miracle Crusade, Pastor Nancy ministered to me by the Holy Ghost and she said stepping up into the healing flow in a greater way and not just one step at a time but strides that go over four and five steps at a time. Acceleration in that healing flow. Acceleration in that healing flow. Dramatic increase in results. Dramatic, dramatic increase that will bring results and work dramatic results. That there will be life and death situations that will be brought before me. And that I am to be undaunted by their condition." not to look at them, but to look look at Jesus, to keep my focus on Him. I remember the very day Dr. Dufresne went to heaven. I was here on a Friday afternoon preparing to minister a miracle and healing uh, service that I had scheduled, and I didn't know that his airplane had crashed yet. I didn't know that he was off the earth, and I was studying, but it really wasn't clicking with me, that direction of healing that I was studying. So I pushed my Uh, chair back from the desk and just looked within, got quiet, and immediately the Word of God, the Word of the Lord came to me, and God said, um, I don't want you ministering that direction, meaning the direction I'd been studying, but He said, I want you to minister tonight on the gifts of healings, that's a gift of the Spirit, gifts of healings, and they'll be in manifestation tonight, and there'll be a sign unto you that you're called to the healing ministry and to walk in the footsteps of your spiritual Father. It really grieved me, that last phrase, the way the Spirit spoke it to my heart, because He spoke it, Brother Josh, as if Dr. Dufresne wasn't here anymore, and of course he was not. He had, he had uh, died in a plane crash. I didn't know about it until about an hour later, when I got on Facebook and saw the, the thread of people talking about it. And uh, one of the most dramatic, confirming, you know, words I've ever received, really. If I ever heard from God about anything, I heard God that day about that. Uh-huh. You could say it this way. Then uh, this year, in the Miracle Crusade, on a Tuesday night, uh, Pastor Nancy ministered to ministers, or Ms. I don't know who, what all that was about, you know, what the focus was, but I went down the floor, and I heard these words come out of her uh, st- as she stood over me. She said, the tangibility of that anointing, the tangible anointing increasing 30-fold. I thought she said, uh, uh, what did I say? like 30%, but no, she said 30 times, 30, 30%. And then she talked to me by the Spirit about some other things. And so you can see here just by some of these examples that I've got a ministry that goes beyond my pastoral ministry that I'm to be responsible for and that I'm to, uh, to be faithful to bring my supply to the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And he dealt with me about ministering to the sick this morning. Now, lest you're out there thinking, who does this preacher think he is? Well, John chapter 14, look with me at verse number 12. John 14, verse number 12. Red letters, this is Jesus talking. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. So this is not exclusive to the apostles, is it? It says, he that believeth on me, would that include you? Do you believeth upon him? I believe on him. Well, to me, then he's talking to me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, in a little while, I'm going to ask him to heal you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to ask him that that tangible anointing that he put in my hand for healing would flow into your body, and drive out sickness, drive out disease. I mean, we've seen all kinds of manifestations of healing over the years. We've seen severe rashes like shingles disappear off people's skin. I've seen blind men healed in India. A man that had a gray, cloudy eye full of glaucoma and all kinds of disease, his eye was instantly healed in the sands of India. That lady stood right here some years ago, healed of liver cancer. She didn't even attend this church. The only time she ever comes to church is to get healing. And I don't get that, but God is faithful. I mean, He's merciful. She... She, I, I know if I see her, it's not good, you know, because she needs healing. <laughs> Amen. God healed her liver cancer standing right there. I've had broken bones instantly healed. I mean, like a broken bone, the, guy, the, the young man was in a cast. He was missing two days, broke his leg in two days, and was going to miss football season, or a big portion of it. He didn't want to miss football season. I, said, well, you, I just said it by the Spirit. I said, will you do what I tell you? He goes, I'll do what you tell me. I said, jump up and land on that leg, just that one leg. Just jump up and then land on it one-legged. Before, without thinking, he jumped up landed on that thing, took the cast off, ran around the room. And went back to football practice the next day. Now, I didn't do any of those things. I didn't, do, I didn't have anything to do with it except to prepare myself and be an instrument, be a vessel through which his power could flow. But I brought you here to you see I'm not trying to make myself anything. Jesus is the one that said the works that I do you will do also not just preachers if you believe on me if you believe on me you qualify to do the works of Jesus you won't do everything that he did I won't either but you are you're anointed for something you're anointed in a special way to serve the world to preach the gospel to bring evidence supernaturally of his existence in life and to bless and build up the local church. Amen. And it is, see, I have to get up here and do it whether I feel like it or not because I'm going, to be, I'm going to stand before Jesus one day soon and give an account for this tangible anointing. What did I do with it? Did I draw back from it because I didn't want to be misunderstood or called a kook or a weird or a cult or whatever? No, I, I don't care what you think about me. I really don't. I care about what he thinks about me. He was a healer then, and he's a healer today. We are the body of Christ. Is that not right? He's the head, but we're the body. And uh, his, the miracles, the works he did on earth, those weren't to end when he went to heaven, and we got the canon of the scripture. That's just ridiculous <laughs> argument. The body of Christ on the earth is to... We are, our mission is to continue what we saw Him do in the four Gospels. We are, that is supposed to just to continue and be multiplied on, on every continent. Jesus was one man limited to one body on that day. That's why we can do greater works is because now God's got us multiply, anointed people in every continent around the world. Amen. And we, together as a body, we can get places that He and that one body couldn't get by Himself. Amen. I'd ask you, what are you anointed to do? And are you thinking about that? Are you talking to God about that? Are you holding yourself accountable for what you're anointed to do? Uh, Amen. I'm not the only one that's going to be standing before Jesus and have to give him a book report on the things that I did with what he gave me. You will too. Hallelujah. So we see here, praise God, that uh, through uh, His empowerment and through even just praying in His name, in that, in that same thought, He said, whatever you ask in my name. That's, how we do the, that's part of how we do the works of Jesus. We're not Him, but we have His name. And in His name, we represent Him. And so we can stand before the sick at work or wherever, as the Lord would lead us. And you as the laity, you might not have a special tangible uh, healing power that flows out of your hands that makes your hand burn, but that's not necessary. Right. Right. If you just obey Mark chapter 16, you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Amen. He didn't say they shall recover if God deems it you know, something he wants. He just said if you'll lay hands on the sick, they will, they'll recover. Amen. Amen. Moms and dads that have children, you got you got practice opportunities right in your own home. Amen. Every member of the body of Christ is anointed for something. And just like I said, I'm anointed. I have the offices of ministry that I'm accountable for. But, you know, then God started talking to me about that anointing to prosper. Oh, you know, people really want to get uptight about that one. Amen. But what am I to do? I'm I'm just going to prosper whether you like it or not. And be a blessing. But today we're talking about the healing anointing. The healing anointing. Well, what is the anointing? Well, from what I can study and from what I've seen in the Bible, I don't know it all by by a big stretch. But I see a two-fold application of the anointing, just generally speaking. Number one the anointing is an enabler. The anointing enables. So 1 Timothy 1.12, you might write that reference down. Paul says, For I thank Christ Jesus my Lord, for He hath enabled me. He hath enabled me, counting me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Well, you can't just be faithful, so faithful that God will decide to put you in the ministry. You have to have a divine enablement. So it is the anointing that enables me, a man, to stand in the office of the pastor and to be able to function in that ministry office, to be able to function in the office of the teacher. Believe me, I have had times, I have had times, you know, over 20 years, even you think as nervous as I was, as much as I didn't want to get in front of people and stage fright and all of that, over 20 years, you gain some natural skill. But I, I found out, you know, like that Monday morning, I was just so exhausted by the time I got there. It's a miracle that I'm standing in front of the students with a tie that looks decent. Seriously. And I said, oh, Father. But when you, you get up there, that anointing comes on you and turns you into another man. It enables you to do what you could not do without that anointing. And there's an anointing on you that is to enable you for your unique place and service in the body of Christ. You need to find out what that is. Praise God. We say, well, I, I didn't come to church today. I called in. I didn't do my helps ministry position day because I didn't, I didn't feel 100%. Well, la-dee-da. Uh, I mean, what about, what about doing what I have to do and that is trust that anointing yeah. to help me and Enable me and push me forward. Amen. Amen. So if, we're not going to all these references, but Aaron, that's Moses' brother, remember that? Aaron was set apart, and there was a time where the, they anointed him to stand in the office of the priest. I mean, they literally doused him with oil, and they prayed over him. Moses put his hands on him, and now he's got this power from God that enables him to do what priests are supposed to do. See, the ministry is not a career choice. Don't look at what I do and go, you know, I just think, man, I could sleep in on Monday, and I mean, I can lounge around, read my Bible, sit on the front porch, pray in the Holy Ghost, get up a couple times a week and talk, and get paid money. That's what I want to do. I'm going to be a pastor. It's not a career choice. You have to have an anointing. And there ain't no whole bunch of sleeping in on Monday anyway. David was anointed. To stand in the office of the king. It's yeah. yeah. so what enabled him to be the king he was, that's right. was that anointing. Amen. Elisha was anointed to stand in the office of the, pastor, of the prophet. Amen? Amen. 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 That's right. A- amen. So that's the first function or job description of the anointing is to enable. Amen. To enable you. God. Well, then the second application is the anointing empowers So the anointing enables, but then the anointing empowers. I couldn't heal a fly's wing. I I couldn't heal a gnat's eyebrows. Is that how Brother Hagen used to say it? I I mean, I, I, I don't know enough most of the time to get in out of the rain from a natural perspective. But that anointing. I said, but that anointing. It's it's the power, the healing anointing is what you think it is. It's the power of God to drive out sickness, heal bones, quicken organs, do whatever's needed to do in that body, amen, to destroy the yoke of sickness and to remove the burden of pain off someone's life. So the anointing and powers. There's a, The power of God to, can come on you to prophesy. The power of God comes on you to uh, speak in tongues, interpret a tongue. The power of God can come on you to work a miracle, receive a miracle. The power of God can come on you, amen, to sing. Amen. The power of God came on Elijah one time and he was able to run faster than a chariot. He couldn't do It's not because he, he didn't do that because he ate his Wheaties that day. The power of God came on him. And enabled him to outrun a horse. And he ran in the strength of that for 40 days and 40 nights. Man, we could do something with this power. Samson killed over 400 men with a donkey's bone, a donkey's jawbone. He didn't have an M16. I mean, he didn't have He didn't have night goggles, nothing. Right? What is that? It's the anointing that empowered him to do supernatural works. There's the anointing to preach, the anointing to teach. Whatever it is we're to be doing in the body of Christ, really the best way to do it is don't do it in the arm of the flesh, but to do it under the anointing. Amen. Now let's go to Acts chapter 10. Everybody doing okay? Praise God. We'll get into the meat of this and we'll minister to you. Acts chapter 10. Glory. Glory to God. I want to lay a little foundation. I say, oh, you know who this guy thinks he is. You know, declaring himself to be anointed. Well, there's a reason for that. You know, when Brother Hagan, Jesus appeared to Brother Hagan back in the 50s, and he said, Kneel before me. And so Brother Hagan knelt on both knees in front of Jesus. And Jesus took his finger, his index finger, and put it in the palm of both of Brother Hagin's hands. Both of his hands begin to immediately burn like you put a hot coal of fire in them, he said. And then Jesus said, Now I'm giving you a special anointing to minister to the sick. But listen, listen to this. He said, Now, this anointing will not work. This anointing will not work unless you tell them. Okay, you tell them what? He told Brother Hagin specifically, you tell the people I appeared to you. You tell the people I told you to kneel before me. You tell the people I, I put the index finger of my, into the palm of both of your hands. You tell them that I gave you a special anointing to heal the sick. You tell them if they'll believe that, that that anointing will flow out of your hand and into that body, it'll drive out sickness, and if any demonic oppression is there, it'll drive out the demonic spirit too. But notice, see, that anointing would not work. Now, what if Brother Hagin, he didn't want to get up and tell people that Jesus appeared to him? He didn't want it. He didn't want it. People to misunderstand him, call him a kook. They did all of that. But notice notice what Jesus required. That anointing, as powerful as it was, that tangible, as awesome as it was, it would not work unless he told people he was anointed with it. Then it's up to the people. Amen. See, my job when it comes to what we're about to do is to do my very best to get saturated with that power. And then to be skillful with my faith in the release of it into your body by the laying on of hands. Then I've done my job. Your job is to believe you receive it. That's it. Your job is not to get up here and talk in tongues. Your job is to get up here and receive it. Be a sponge. Believe you receive it. Whether you feel anything or you don't feel anything, doesn't matter, a lick of being, whether I feel it go out of my hand or not, does not matter. It's what what do I know, what do I believe, and what do you believe about what I believe? (laughs) Amen. Let me get in the line and go, well, I thought I was going to get it, but I didn't. No, that power's going to go in you. And that power will do a work in you if you believe and hold on to it. Well, look, in Acts chapter 10, verse number 38, it says this. It says, how God anointed. You see that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, this verse indicates that Jesus didn't uh, heal the sick out of some sort of innate capacity he carried as God. Why would, if if he did it, if he healed and did all the things he did on the earth out of his own, out of the Godhead, out of the second person of God, out of his attributes of deity, why would God have to anoint him with the Holy Ghost? (laughs) Why does it say that he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil? Why? Why? Because God was with him. Yeah, amen. Well, because Jesus, when he came to the earth, he did not, he was deity, but he laid aside those privileges. He laid aside those divine innate powers, and he came in the likeness of flesh. He came in the likeness of sinful man. He wasn't sinful man, but he came in the likeness of men. That's Philippians chapter 2. And he, the Bible says in that verse, he emptied himself of his privileges. That's Philippians 2 verse 7 says, but he emptied himself, and by taking on the form of a slave, he became in the likeness of people, and he was found in the appearance like a man. This is what you have to understand. This is why... We can expect to do the works of Jesus because He did. I'm not God, but He didn't do those works because He was God. He did them as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. Well, if He could heal supernaturally, amen, because God was with Him. Well, I'm not Jesus, but God is with me. God's with you. I am in Jesus, and Jesus is in me, and we are one. And because we're one, we're one with the Father. And there's going to come a generation that's just going to flat believe that and go out here and do the works of Jesus. Why don't you just let that be you? Jesus is in you, Maurice. You are in Jesus. You're one with him. He's one with the Father. You have the name. We've got the power. Why don't you just leave here and just get after it? That's what, that's what needs to happen. Well, how come? Too much fear, too much doubt, too much unbelief, too much confidence in doctors and medicines and surgeries and health insurance and all this other jazz. Preaching good. But I'm proving to you very quickly here that Jesus did not minister healing. Amen. So the, withered man, the man with the withered hand, Jesus, when he said stretch forth that hand, the man stretched it out. That happened in church. That didn't happen because Jesus was God. That's what religion will tell you, but that's not scripturally accurate. He did that as a man who had laid aside those powers of deity so that he could come and be the prototype, so he could come and be our example. He could come and show us what a man anointed with the Holy Ghost could do. I'm not him, you're not him. None of us in this room are claiming to be him, but I am claiming to work for him. I know Him. He's in me. And if God could be with Jesus, God could be with me. And He is with me. I don't care what's going on in your body right now. I'm not intimidated by it. You shouldn't be intimidated. I don't care how long you've had it. Just leave. Stand up. Be healed. That pain can just boogie. Never again. My bad knee, my bum knee, my bum elbow, my bad Stop all that mess. Right? I'll give you further uh, scriptural proof. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said, And you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come on you. Do you see that? And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and the Samaria and the utmost parts of the earth. And Peter got so saturated over time with that power, he could walk through the streets of Jerusalem and if, your, if his shadow touched you, you got healed or whatever you had. We're talking about healing shadows. Right? Right? Now, our a lot of our people in church in different pews—they're not going to hear this. They're not going to hear a message like this. But it's all in the Bible. Amen. It's all in the Bible. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just look at a couple more scriptures. Go to, uh, go to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. Now look how prosperous I am. I turn my paper, and there's a dollar standing. There. <laughs> now it didn't appear. I just forgot I put it there. Wouldn't that be neat? We just start opening our Bibles and there's just cash starts coming out. And you can go, you can go buy you some whole milk. That's cash pulling out of my Bible. Hey, all things are possible. If God can cause water to come out of a rock, He can cause dollars to come out of my Bible. The last few minutes as we get ready to lay hands on those that want to have hands laid on them, I want to show you how the anointing for healing on Jesus was tangible. That it was tangible. You know what tangible means? It means capable of being touched. It means measurable, perceptible. Amen? So, Mark chapter 5, I don't know how many scriptures of these we, we need to read. How many, of you, how many of you are familiar with this story about the woman with the issue of blood? So, you know, verse number 25, uh, praise God, she's, there's a woman there. She's got a blood issue for 12 years. She suffered many things from many physicians. And we're not against the physicians, but they're just limited in what they can do. We're not against them. Many of them are wonderful people. But a lot of them don't know jack about health, you know, too. They know a lot about pharmaceuticals and they know a lot about surgery but don't know anything about health because they've not been trained in health. They've been trained in how to prescribe drugs. I think the best work that comes out of the medical world is surgery when it's legit. I mean, they can do some amazing stuff. But anyway... But notice she's going that whole medical route, and she's getting nothing but brokeer, and worse off physically. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're not trying, but that's that's the that's where a lot of people end up that go all in on the medical route. They end up broke, they end up having spent a lot of money, and no better. Right. But notice verse twenty-seven. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment or his coat. Cle- now notice that she touched his garment. She touched. His garment. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I will be. This tells you a little bit about what she must have heard. Just kind of hold that. She didn't even try to get him to talk to her, she didn't try to get him to pray for her. Her whole aim was to touch his clothes. And verse 29 says, And straightway the fountain, because she did that, she got out, she went through the press, she grabbed hold of the end of of her garment. Now notice this, she felt in her body. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now notice the minister's side, Jesus' side. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, that's a bad translation, should be power, power had gone out of him. So notice here, he's paying, he's got a crowd around him, he's going somewhere, he's trying to get to Jairus's house to heal that little girl, and unbeknownst to him, all of a sudden, he perceives power leaves him. She perceives power went into her. Had to be tangible then, And there had to be something to contact. Notice the power didn't jump out of him three feet away. Now it could, but it didn't. It was when she grabbed hold of his garment that the power... And he knew when it left, and she knew when it went in. And she knew what it did. So we sum up a few verses by saying he turned around, he wants her testimony, she finally confesses what was done, and he says in verse 34, Daughter, your faith, your faith has made you whole. So he pointed to her faith, right? Right? But apart from him having been saturated with that power, there would have been nothing to have faith in. Her faith was in power flowing out of him healing power. Are you with me? Go back to Matthew 14. We'll just run a few references here, real quick. Matthew 14. <clears throat> Say amen. Matthew 14, verse 35. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him. So you got to get knowledge. Amen. They sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Mm-hmm. Notice that was the only thing that qualified them. Yeah. Yeah. If you were sick, yeah. you qualify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Verse 36. And these, this crowd of sick people, what did they do? They besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched. He didn't say as many as were prayed for. Praying for the sick, that's another way to get it. We're just not talking about that today. I'm not going to pray for you today. I'm going to put my hand on you and release healing power to flow out of my being into your body. To do a work. And again, I'm not anything, but this is just a continuation of the earthly ministry of Jesus. Notice what they wanted to do. They wanted to touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. Isn't that interesting? Go to uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Hallelujah. Verse 10. Well, verse 9. Now, there's a great multitude coming, if you get back up into verse 8, from all kinds of places. Jerusalem, Idumea, Tyre, Sidon, they're coming from everywhere. And in verse 9, he spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, because that they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. And notice this, in unclean spirits. When they saw him, fell down before him and cried. I mean, You might get in front of me today with an alcohol demon. And that demon start crying. Yeah. It's not because I'm anything, but demons don't, they're, they're, they're scared of Jesus. Right. <laughs> and he's where? He's in me, he's in us. Right. That means he's scared of us. That's right. Hallelujah. Well, it's just interesting to me in verse 10 what they were seeking to do. Why did he need a boat? Why did he need to create separation between him and them so he could teach them? Because of what they were wanting to do. And what were they wanting to do? Touch him. Now, got. come on, have a brain. Why? Because something happened when they touched him. Now, in your mind, if you go back to marks account with the woman with the issue of blood the disciples were confused because he's looking around for this woman that touched him and he said who touched me and they finally said master the multitudes throng thee the multitudes are touching you why sayest thou who touched me so notice it's not just the physical touch that's going to get it done because a lot of people touched Jesus that day, and only one woman had the power come out. Amen. Only one. Only one woman Amen. had the power that was on him go into her yeah. and do anything for anyone. Just her. Yeah. And why did Jesus say that she was the only one? Because he said, daughter, your faith. Right. She, be- she came to touch believing. Amen. Yeah. Amen. makes all the difference yeah. how you come this morning. If you come wondering to find out what this preacher's got, you'll find out he doesn't have very much. But if you'll come believe and you receive, no, no disease could stand before you. Amen. Let's go to one more place here in Luke chapter 6. Luke, cha- I think this is pretty good. Luke chapter 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, to God. glory, glory. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. <clears throat> I mean, mark these verses if you can. That's why we're going there. Let your eyes rest on these verses. I'm not preaching some cockamamie, you know, doctrine out of the Reader's Digest this morning. I mean, we're going to Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. See, if you don't believe this, you don't believe the Bible, and that's your problem. I kind of feel like I have Dr. Jacobs in me with me this morning. My spiritual dad's here. Hallelujah. Verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and a company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed, that means tormented, right, with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue or power out of him and healed them all. Wow. Are you with me? So again, I mean, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, can the anointing of God be so tangible that a crowd who don't know nothing except that they're sick and they want to get well... And they hear that people are either being touched by Jesus or are touching Jesus and the power of God is flowing out of him and they're running off healed. Yes. That had to be what she heard. Right. For when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. She didn't come with a prayer request. Right, right, right. She was hoping to actually get in and out and never be, right. <laughs> never be noticed because yeah. she was breaking the law yeah. by having that disease and being out in public. Yeah. And she almost got away with it. Except that power, Jesus was aware that that power flowed out of him. Now, this is not the only way Jesus ministered to the city. He even did weirder things. He spit in dirt. And stuck it in a blind man's eye. That would be really weird. Except he came away seeing it's so funny to read some Bible commentaries. there. They want, they think they're so cute, you know, like there were certain minerals or something in the dirt and the spit that, that corrected the, really? No, it was just supernatural. Let's just be plain about it. He didn't do everything the same. He stood over Peter's mother-in-law, and he says, I rebuke you, fever. And that fever took off. He stood at Lazarus's tomb. He didn't touch the tomb. He didn't lay on the tomb. He didn't do anything. He just said, Lazarus, come forth. Yeah, but the most frequent, the, how did the multitudes get healed? They got healed through a transfer of healing power yeah. that flowed out of him and into them. Yeah, right. Amen. 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 So anyway, ushers, I'd like to get your help here and let's get this pulpit out of the way. Let's all stand up this morning.